0: may or may not know this, but I've been taking these little uh, study breaks uh, consistently since 2005, and I'm incredibly thankful to our elders for just giving me an opportunity every summer just to recharge my batteries a bit, spend some extended time with family, and uh, just to do a little planning for the next year, a little dreaming and scheming and all that, that stuff, and and uh, so it's been a really, really great summer. However, it's also been a very interesting summer, not just for our church, but it's been an interesting summer uh, just in the news all over the world. Uh, you know, here in our church, we, we, uh, we had early on a, domi- a domestic vi- uh, violence issue that took the life of one of our young moms in our church, and it was devastating, and uh, right after that we had a, um, it was a motorcycle accident that took the life of another sweet lady in our church, and Um, severely injured her husband, Robbie Dobson, who's still in the uh, uh, ICU uh, at a hospital in the area. And uh, so we just continue to pray for him. But also we've had over the summer several terrorist attacks that happen really almost every day. We don't hear about all of them, but um, the ones that we do hear about, you think about the situation that happened down in Orlando, Florida, the situation in Nice, France, uh, in Munich, Germany. I woke up this morning. To hear more shootings and violence in Austin, Texas, and uh, we also had shooting deaths involving uh, police officers in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and, uh, and and Minnesota, and and then right after that, police officers being shot and killed in Baton Rouge, in Dallas, Texas, as a uh, in retaliation for those killings. And so it seems like every single day over the summer, there's been something on social media, some hashtag, you know, pray for this community or pray for this city or pray for. Uh, this different part of the world that's been hit by violence. And, and then in just the past two weeks, uh, we've had our Republican and Democratic conventions, and they have given us the names Trump and Clinton to be our choices for the next president of the United States. There's something to put your hope in, huh? Um, so, it's been quite a summer. Uh, I was telling someone this is the first summer in 19 years that I have not been criticized heavily for not publicly endorsing a candidate. I don't know what to make of that. But anyways, um, I know that in the midst of all of this, uh, as you think about all of it and you, you, you put it all together, it is just so easy to get discouraged and it's easy to get overwhelmed and it's even easy to get hammered by fear and to feel like the world around us has fallen apart. And, and it's easy to forget that sometimes, forget sometimes that, that, that God is still on the throne of our lives doing what he's what he says he's doing in Romans eight twenty eight, which is to cause everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Well, that's why I believe that there are moments in our lives like this morning when we just need to stop and we need to just step back for a moment and we need to reflect and we need to remember and we need to even celebrate all of the good things that God is actually doing in our lives and doing all around us. Uh, in the midst of all of the bad news that you hear every single day, I, I want you to know that God is still moving in our community, He's moving in our country, and He's moving in our world. People are still, every single moment of every single day, turning to Jesus Christ, putting their faith and trust in Him alone to be their personal Savior. And I also want you to know that His His church, the Bride of Christ, His church is still on the move. Even though it gets bashed around, it gets criticized, it gets picked apart, as I travel literally all over this country and all over the world, God's church is still strong and it's still vibrant. And uh, vibrant. And God is still advancing his kingdom and he's still moving in a very powerful way every single moment of every single day. So with that in mind, um, several weeks ago, I believe it was right after the attack situation that happened uh, in Orlando, Florida, uh, really not even knowing that more tragic situations were to come, I told our team that when I came back on July 31st uh, from this break, I wanted to have a service at Westridge just to praise God and to celebrate him just for all of the good things that he has done over the 2015-2016 calendar year here at Westridge Church. And I wanted to highlight some of the impact that he's allowed us to be part of since we started this church in September 1997, almost 19 years ago. Um, And so when it comes to celebrating and and remembering and even meditating on what God has done, I always love personally to turn to the Psalms, especially the Psalms that were written by David. Now as you know, King David, um, who was Israel's greatest king, he was called by God a man after his own heart. But it was amazing because David, as you know, always seemed to be dealing with some kind of tragic situation. Some of it was a result of, it, of his own sinfulness. Some of it was a result of, of maybe a jealous king or leader who was trying to hunt him down because they were jealous of him. Or some of it was a result of having a, a very dysfunctional family. Family. He had some pretty jacked up kids. Um, and some of it was just, honestly, just the ups and downs of life, the things that some of you and I face. But regardless of what David was going through, and as much as, as he would express it in his own writing, he always turned his focus and his attention to the goodness and the greatness of God. He, he would start off a psalm by talking about, Lord, have you forgotten me? Lord, I, don't, I feel like I've been abandoned by you. Have you turned your back on me? And then always, by the end of the psalm, he would get focused back in on the goodness and the greatness and and, and just adoring what God had had done in his life. And he reminded us over and over again to come into God's presence with thanksgiving and celebration and praise. So, I'd like to take a moment, if I could, and focus on a few of David's writings this morning. And in particular, I want to talk about what he wrote in Psalm chapter 145, which is the only psalm that's actually called a psalm of praise. And here's what David says in verses 1 through 7. He says, I will extol you, Lord. In other words, I will worship you alone, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day, I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. I love that. One generation shall commend your works to another, and you shall declare your mighty acts, or they shall declare your mighty acts On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. And they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. In other words, David writes, listen, Lord, every single day, I'm going to worship you alone, regardless of what I'm going through, I will still praise you. He talks about the importance of one generation telling the other generations that that were to follow about God's unsearchable mighty acts. He zones in on the importance of just taking time in our lives to stop and to meditate on the wonders of God and the amazing things that God is actually doing in our lives that sometimes we forget to praise Him for. And then he tells us that not only will he never stop talking about God's greatness, but that that the generations to follow will talk about the great things that God has done. They will share the stories of His goodness with others and they will sing about His righteousness. So, Westridge Church, in the midst of these crazy times that we're going through as a nation, as a world, sometimes in the community around us, I just want to spend some time praising God for what He's done in this church. I, I want to stop This morning, and just meditate on how good he has been to us. I want to tell, I want you to tell your kids throughout this day and throughout the rest of the week what you are getting a chance as a family to be part of together as being part of this church. I want to celebrate his mighty acts, I want to talk about his greatness, I want to brag about what he has done, and then we're going to close out by singing about his righteousness. Now, for those of you who maybe are not really familiar with what, how we do you um, know our calendar here at Westridge, um, we it starts July 1st, which, so we've just started a brand new calendar budget year, and then it ends in June 30th. So what I want to do is I want to take a moment and I want to basically go from June 30th and I want to rewind a year and even talk maybe even some big picture stuff for the last 19 years, so that we can celebrate not only the goodness of God but we can talk about the impact. That we're having as a church now, some of it's just some fun facts. Some of it you may not be real interested in, but some of I promise you, there's going to be something that's going to grab your attention, because we're all wired in a different way. Now, if you're if you're really into social media and you love the computer and you're into Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, I want you to know just a kind of a fun fact that we have um, been able to over the last several years, but really specifically the last year to really engage people on social media with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Um, So just to kind of start off, I want you to know that 3.7 million different Facebook accounts have been reached by our Westridge Facebook site in this past year, which is really quite amazing when you think about that, all right? Our website, westridge.com, has had 463,000 different people visit it. Over this past year, that's an 11% increase over the last year. Here's another fun fact. We've now seen, in the last 19 years, over $60 million given to Westridge Church to advance the gospel in our own community, in our country, and all over the world. That, that is quite amazing. Um, we, fi- we finished this last year's budget year, which ended again in, on June 30th, $178,000 in the black which is, I want to tell you how proud I am of all of you. Great job, great job. 40% of our giving was done online. And so you, when you're not here, you're still giving, which I, which I love. Um, I don't know, we're figuring out that our church comes here about twice a month, maybe one, one and a half times a month, but you're still giving online. Um, six, 672 families gave for the very first time but all together, I want you to know that 3,213 families made up our giving base this past year. And as a result of that, I want to tell you some of the things that we've been able to see happen together. And I want to start in our kids area. This past year, we were able, as a church, you and those of you that work in KidQuest and KidQuest Junior, able to share the gospel message of Jesus Christ with over 3,000 different kids through KidQuest, KidQuest Junior, Surge and our public school Bible clubs. Um, Surge camp, we had over 1,500 kids. 26 of those kids made salvation decisions. In our middle school area, um, we this past year averaged 340 middle schoolers every single Wednesday night. That's a 10% increase over the previous year. There were 1,029 different middle schoolers that came to Wednesday night this past year. That's amazing. In our high school area... um, we averaged 333 high schoolers every Wednesday night, a 21% increase in our high school ministry over the, over the previous year. There were 765 different high school students that came to Wednesday night at least once. 103 of our high school and middle school students went on a missions trip this past year to, to either Baltimore, Nicaragua, or Orlando, Florida to work with Tim Grandstaff, our church planner, or Ellis Prince up in Baltimore, another one of our church planners. Rush camp, we had 800. Now, when I say 800, we hit it right on the dot. Students and leaders, just from Westridge, that went to Daytona Beach to be part of rush camp. It's our largest in history. Um, Think of all of those people going down 75. And the amazing thing is, we brought them back. We brought them all back home. (laughs) All right, with very little conversation on Facebook this year. I can't thank you for that. All right. But altogether, in our high school, middle school ministry, we saw 61 students come to Christ, and 106 of them were baptized. That's amazing, (laughs) including that guy. All right, we this right now. There are 1540 adults, okay, out of our regular attendance that are connected in a small group, all right, in a Bible study. That's a 27 percent increase in adult group involvement from the previous year, um, you add in the 1,500 of our students and kids who are involved in groups every week, and church-wide, 71% of our weekly attendance is in a small group right now, which is one of our main vehicles for discipling people here at Westridge Church. Um, there are 1,100 different people who are serving every week. That's an 18% jump from the previous year. And there are, we know that there are hundreds of you who are maybe not serving every week here at Westridge, but you're serving outside the walls of this building in one of the nonprofits that we've either helped to start or support, or even one of our church plants that may be in downtown Atlanta. So that's an amazing jump. Missions and outreach. And I know some of you, this is, you know, your ears perk up, because this is maybe where you really feel connected. But in our own community, one of the things that you know that we've done in December for the last several years is something called Hope for Christmas. And uh, we were watching this thing grow every year. We're seeing churches jump on board with us and and in their own communities, in Cartersville and in West Paulding and even in Baltimore and different places. But right here on our campus, um, we were able to serve in December, the less fortunate in our own community, um, 1,894 different families. We had 10,000 adult guests. Over 5,000 kids came through the building. But one of the cool things is that over 1,700 of you served during that, um, th- during that event. Um, the largest that we've ever had. Uh, back to school. Last year we were able to give out over a thousand backpacks to, to school children here in, in, in our own county, here in Paulding County. Um, we have a ministry that we've supported for several years that was birthed uh, out of Westridge called Kaya. And uh, over the summer, we were able to provide 700 lunches to uh, just our own staff and, and our benevolence team. We're able to get together on one day and provide over 700 lunches to to kids here in our own community. Um, This is cool. One of the ministries that I love and we support is is Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA. And this past year, we gave an $8,000 check to our local FCA so that the Paulding County high school football team could go to FCA camp. And uh, they came back this past week. We support them on a monthly basis, but this was a special gift. And this football team and their coaches came back, and uh, nine of those football players came to Christ uh, while they were at FCA camp. One, one of the coaches came up to me after the nine o'clock service and just, just thanked me over and over. And he said, You have no idea the difference that, that you guys are making in the lives of these football players. And, uh, and one of our men, a couple of our men here in this church started a mentoring program this past year for those football players. Um, in, a, in, you know, in an area of our, our community where a lot of these young men don't have dads who are active in their lives, and so many of you are now mentors in the lives of these young men and, and guys who are outside of this building, maybe at other churches now, that we're seeing this mentoring program happening. with the the Paulding uh, County High School football team. And and I'm just telling you, I mean, it's stuff you dream of and you see it and you go, yay God, that we're making a difference. And and these kids are coming to Christ. Um, Warehouse of Hope, which is a ministry that we've we've, um, supported for years, Uh, Craig and Becky Parsons, it's about 10 miles down south on Highway 92. And I mean, they have just uh, thousands and thousands of people that they have helped with food and clothing for the underprivileged in our own community. But this past year... They're now averaging um, 1,700 different families that they're serving every month with food and clothing, and and we're having a chance to support that financially. Um, A ministry that we helped birth right out of here at Westridge, um, a ministry called Love Beyond Walls, and uh, a guy named Terrence Lester and his wife went through our church planning assessment, and my wife and I sat down with them and said, "We we don't think you've been called to be church planners. It seems like God's calling you to something different. And and Terrence and Cecilia had had a heart for the homeless and those who are in extreme poverty in downtown Atlanta. And a few years ago, they started a ministry called Love Beyond Walls. And the vision of this was to get a bus like this and other things like this where homeless people could come into this bus and take a shower, get some clothing, get a haircut, and hear the the gospel message of Jesus Christ and, and receive some dignity. And it's been amazing. This bus was this bus was a wreck when it was donated to them and man somebody did a complete makeover on that bus. But I want you to know and we support this ministry heavily financially. In this past year, 527 people have walked into this bus and walked out with clothing, with food, with the gospel message. 69 of them have trusted Christ to be their savior. 32 have been helped off the streets and have been given jobs and are now a productive part of our society. And Terrence Lester, that warrior right there, I mean, you talk, this guy's got such an amazing story of where he came from. And he just, two weeks ago, won the Social Advocacy and Empowerment Award for 2016 for his work in downtown Atlanta. I mean it's amazing one of my favorite ministries in this church uh, is a ministry called Breakaway it's a ministry that that we started a few years back called um, Ministry to Children with Special Needs and this past year there were 189 different kids who came to Breakaway it's an average of about 80 per event but about 350 of you volunteer and you serve in that ministry once a month it's about 95 per event Um, and I'm so proud of you you know, almost every single day if you walk through this building, you'll see a family that will come in off the parking lot and who are down on their luck, they need help with a the bill, they, they don't have any food, they, they, they you know, they don't have any money. And this past year, we were able to give out $63,519 to help hurting families in our community. That's amazing. In downtown Atlanta, beyond what we're being able to be part of with Love Beyond Walls, I want you to know that we're investing in two church plants that we've had a chance. Uh, one that we actually had a hand in starting. The other one that we're coming alongside of as they started. And we're investing heavily financially. One is uh, uh, Damien Boyd's Church, um, which is vertical church. And Damien was here last week. and Reaching the five, not only the area of Vine City uh, on the the north side of I-20, but also the five uh, African-American college campuses that are right there that represents over 10,000 students. But on the other side of I-20, off of Ralph David David Abernathy Boulevard, I mean, we're talking the West End, the toughest area. We were able to invest $10,000 in a brand new church called Cornerstone led by a guy named John Anwacheca. And, uh, and right now, this church is, is running about 300 people, right there in the own community. And, and we're seeing people coming to Christ, not just at Vertical, but now at Cornerstone. And, and it's the investment that you're making. Um, but you know, as we talk about church planting, and you know that that's something that not only, I grew up in a church planter's home, but it's near and dear to my heart. I just found out that my great, great grandfather planted many churches in the western hills of, of North Carolina, so it's in my blood. Um, but we've had a hand in the last 19 years in directly starting out of this church, including Westridge, 80 different church plants. And, and during the launch years, the launch network years that we started out of here, there were another 83 churches that were planted. So all together, about 100, 163 churches. Um, that's not including our international church planting, the stuff that, that's going on in Burkina Faso or in Cuba. I'm going to talk about some of that in a moment. But, but check this out. This is cool. Out of the 80 churches that you have had a direct hand in helping, we asked our church planners over the last couple months, they said, just we want to see the impact that we're making. And so we said, would you tell us what your Easter attendance was? Um, how many people had a chance to hear the gospel through this church plan? And so um, out of the 80, 43 of them reported. I, just want you, I mean, a couple of them have closed. A couple of them are getting ready to start. But and a couple of them are, are slackers and didn't report their number to us. But out of the 43, they had 31,679 people on Easter Sunday, Easter weekend. And if you put Westridge in that number, all right, you need know, people talk about, this is how big my church is, we want to talk about impact. You put Westridge in that number, we had 9,577. Out of our church planning impact, and this number is higher, we just, the numbers that we received, we had 41,256 people have a chance to hear the gospel on Easter weekend as a result of, the, of, of what we're investing in in new churches all over, this, all over our country. So, I mean, that is unbelievable, 41,000 plus people. And one of the, one of the coolest things that's happened over this past year is that every, small, every one of our church planners now have been adopted by a Westridge small group And Westridge, you guys are getting a chance to invest into our church planners and just love on them and celebrate their birthdays with them. And I want you to know, because we're with them a lot, you're pouring life into them. You're pouring encouragement into them. Um, Talk about what we're doing around the world. Uh, 251 people out of our church went on 15 global missions trips to seven different states, to five different countries outside of the U.S., um, Turkey, Spain, Burkina Faso, Africa, a Nicaragua and Guatemala. And I want to tell you something that just happened here recently. Um, a few years back, Paul Richardson and I went to, to Guatemala, and God captured our heart with this little village called Guayacan del Paso. And I mean, you talk about a place that had nothing, no clean water, no access to great food. I mean, no, no bathrooms. Not, I mean, the houses are falling apart. These are squatters that had been pushed out of their own village who just settled somewhere, had been looked down on by people all over the place. But in the last few years, we've been able to invest over $100,000 in Guaycon Del Paso because of your giving. And now we drilled and installed a well that ran a water line to every home in the village. We built a church. We built a multi-purpose building that's used throughout the week for Sunday school, a trade center, um, medical use, Um, we're partnering with, we partnered with another church to build a playground to, so that they could grow fruit and, and have shade. We built three homes. Door-to-door evangelism has happened throughout the last few years. Um, food bag distribution several times. Medical triage. Um, we've done that a few times in Guayacon. And we're seeing people come to Christ in this village because, and, and hope being, is being brought to this village because the, we, we got a heart to see the least of these reach for Jesus Christ in this village. And so I had a chance uh, in March to go up a mountain about a mile up, or excuse me, about an hour drive in this cattle truck with about 20 something of our women here from Westridge. And, uh, we adopted a brand new village in in a place called El Simiento. And I met that cowboy right there. He's a tough dude, right? A tough hombre. And, uh, we made, we made a commitment to bring clean water to this village. $15,000 commitment. The, it's happening right now. Fresh water, is, it's working. I mean, it, it, they're building it right now. But we also have just made another commitment uh, through a gift that just came in, specifically $25,000 to help fix their schools, which are literally falling apart, and to, to build some new school buildings. And so we're, get, we're getting a chance to see now the gospel is being brought to this, this village of people who most have never heard the message of Jesus Christ before in Burkina Faso, Africa, uh, this past year we broke ground on a brand new high school that will begin classes in October. Um, Paul Richardson, um, who's the director of a, of a non-profit that we started back in 2008-2009, told me that we have now taken in three three million dollars just for Burkina Faso, Africa, to be poured in. To that country, and because of your giving, being part of this, we now have been we've been able to see 500 plus freshwater wells be dug in this vi- in villages all over Burkina Faso, in places where they didn't have any access to clean water, where kids were dying. And now there's over 500 wells, 45 church plants, um, 95 brand new wells just since the month of January, and we know this in this little people group that we adopted called the Pugli, that over 6,000 people in the Pugli villages have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ since 2008, since we came there. And I want you to know that when you go to the World Cafe and you buy your coffee and your lattes and your little frappy drinks, I want you to know that just since January, because of all of those purchases, three wells have been dug. because of you buying coffee in that that cafe. Um, And one of the cool things is we're now working with the Pugli and their pastors to adopt a brand new people group in Burkina Faso called the Juh. And the the Pugli are now going to be on mission, along with us, to reach the Juh with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't even know how to spell Juh, but I like to say it. Juh. This is cool. In Cuba. And we've been working in Cuba since the early 2000s. But in August of 2014, we started investing $10,000 a year in 35 apostolic church planters. And some of you may be going, what what is that? These are men who go into a village, raise up a church planter, invest in him, disciple him, train him, get the church started, and then leave and go to another village to invest in a church planter, raise him up, get the church started. These are guys, these are Apostle Pauls going all over the island of Cuba. But since we started investing in them in 2014, I want you to know that these guys have started 122 churches in Cuba. There's been 4,177 people that have made salvation decisions, and 1,550 people have been baptized in a communist nation because, because we're investing in this. Listen, when we moved here into this community in 1997 to start Westridge Church, I want you to know, and you've heard me say this before, statistics told us from all over the place that 93.7% of this community, believe it or not, was not going, were not going to church anywhere. And, and we unashamedly moved here to very specifically reach those people with the gospel and to lead them to become disciples of Jesus Christ. We call that around here becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And we know that six years ago we found out that that number had dropped to 88%. And we don't know what it is today, but we're praying and hoping that it's less than that. This past week I asked my team to help me figure out as the best we could, how many people have come to Christ in this building, or at East Pauling High School, or at Vaughn when we were there, Vaughn Elementary School. Not, not in our nonprofits or outside of the building, but just in one of our services, whether it was a kid service or, an, or a student service or an adult service, and the best we can tell, over 5,000 people have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ in one of our services over the last 19 years. And we know for a fact <clears throat> we know for a fact that 3,539 people have made that decision public by following Jesus in believers' baptism. And we know that many of you, listen, have had a chance, you've had a chance to to get on a journey to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. You know, one of the young men that we bragged about over the last couple of years is a guy named by the name of Ryan Delk. And uh, as you know, Ryan trusted Christ to be a Savior, and, and uh, man, when this guy got saved, he was radically saved. And then Paul had a chance to baptize him, uh, kind of looks like Paul baptizing Goliath over here. Um, and... Uh, he and his girlfriend, Brittany, Brittany grew up in our church, made a commitment to purity. And we've watched them walk through their engagement over this past um, year, however long. And we've watched Ryan, his family, come to church. He led his sister to Christ. Um, we're seeing his friends come to Christ. I mean, this is a guy who's jumped in with Jesus all the way. And yesterday, we had a chance to celebrate their marriage. And, and just see... Listen, this is just, this is one of the reasons, this is just one of the thousand reasons why this church exists. And I've said this since day one, that people matter. People around here matter. And I know some of you may be going, man, that's a lot of facts and stats. And man, Brian, you, you kind of seem to be into numbers. You know what? I'll own that. Because every one of the numbers represents a life that Jesus Christ died for and people matter and I want you to know your stories matter and around here at Westridge we celebrate life change when someone comes to Christ. And we celebrate discipleship making because that's, that's what Jesus has sent us to do. So some of you may be going what do I do with a message like this? I'm going to give you three things. First of all don't lose hope in the church or in Jesus Christ. We are facing some tough times as a nation and as a world. I, I, I don't remember, I was born in 1965, I know that's, you know, I'm ancient of days, but I don't remember a time when I have ever felt our nation this divided before. But I can't remember a time when I have felt this optimistic about what God is doing in our country, in our community, and around the world through His church. And, and as you may or may not know, I mean, we're working in, in some really tough places. We're working in Boston right now. We've had a chance to help three churches get started in the last year and a half in Boston. Boston's one of the most unchurched cities in America, and yet some of the best church plants I have seen, led by some of the sharpest, smartest church planters I've ever seen, are being planted in Boston right now. And people are coming to Christ by the hundreds. A few weeks ago, my family and I had dinner with a church planner and his wife, Moochie and Diamond, Yekegbu in Miami. His family is from Nigeria. You talk about a story. My goodness. And Miami is one of the most diverse cities in our country, but it's also one of the most unchurched. I mean, it's all kinds of voodoo stuff going on down there. Moochie planted a church A year and a half ago in North Miami, 60% of his church is from all over the world. And right now he's running over 150 people and he's seen scores of people coming to Christ. And their discipleship model is just unbelievable. But I'm hearing stories and you're hearing stories of people who are coming to Christ in the thousands in places like China, where you can't even worship publicly, in India and, and Muslim nations. And the church is hidden in so many of those nations, but it is incredibly strong and growing in leaps and bounds by the thousands every day. Listen, don't lose hope in the gospel. God is still on the throne and he is moving strong. Don't lose hope in his church. It's not perfect. It's ha- it has its blemishes. It's led by imperfect people. But it's still God's plan to make disciples of all nations. These are shaky times in our country and our world. But here's a word from God for times like this. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church in Colossae. He said... Continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. See, if we stay faithful and if we stay stable and steadfast, listen, what God has done, he's going to do it again because he's an unstoppable God. All right? Then jump in and get engaged. Jump in and get involved. Be here on a Sunday morning. Make Sunday morning, make corporate worship a priority for you and your family. Give regularly. I cannot think of a better place to invest my finances than in the local church, especially one that's making a difference in our local community, in our country, and in our world. Get involved in a group. As I said earlier, it's one of the main ways that we grow together to be disciples of Jesus. Start serving. As a church, listen, as a church as a whole, we grew in attendance by 5% this past year. Now let me tell you where we've had exponential growth in our student ministry. I told you our high school ministry grew over 21%. Our middle school over 10%. Right now, I mean very specifically, we need 20 strong men, 10 in our high school group, 10 in our middle school group to step up and be small group leaders. Listen, get on mission. Start to share your faith. Become a missionary where you live, work, and play. Yesterday I, was, I opened up my, this devotion book that I'm going through by Paul Tripp called New Morning Mercies and here was the opening line. It started off with a question. What could be a greater, higher honor than to be a chosen instrument for the most important renewal project in the universe? Redemption. If you've been saved, I want you to know you have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. That means that your life, our lives, don't belong to us anymore. They are His possession for His use. That means that every single one of you in this room, you've been given a job to do. Every one of us have been called into ministry. I love how Paul Tripp says it. He says, our life is ministry and our ministry is life. That means there is no separation between life and ministry. That means that we should approach where we live, work, and play with a ministry mentality. That means that your connection to this church is not just as an attender of something. You are a participant in something much bigger. You, every one of you, are part of God's redemptive plan. You have not just been chosen to be a recipient of God's grace. You are God's instrument to share that message of grace with the world around you. And when you think about that, I can't think of anything that is more important that gives our life more meaning than that what an honor and what a privilege to know that God has chosen us to be instruments of his redemptive plan so jump in and engage and if you don't know how we're going to spend the next four weeks telling you how to do that and then listen let's celebrate and praise God for what he's done David says in Psalm 104 he says when we come into his gates we need to enter into thanksgiving When we come into his courts, we need to come in with praise. He says, give thanks to him, bless his name. What we've seen God do, we've seen God do the impossible over the last 19 years. We've seen an unstoppable God who wants to do the impossible at Westridge Church today and in the future. We worship an unstoppable God who wants wants to see your life change and my life change in ways that we could have never imagined before. We worship an unstoppable God who wants to continue to transform our community and our country and our world with the life-changing gospel message of Jesus Christ. We've seen over 5,000 people put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone here at Westridge Church, and I want you to know He can do that again. We've seen over 3,500 people get baptized who have made a public declaration, who have said, yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, and I want the world to know it, and I believe He's going to do that again. Do you believe that? Listen, listen, you are not, you are not just a sometime attender of something called Westridge. You have been called to be an active participant, to roll up your sleeves, to open up your gifts, your spiritual gifts, and to get them involved because we've got a job to do. We've been called to be his missionaries, his his instruments, to give the redemptive plan of grace to a world around us that needs Jesus Christ. We've been called to serve an unstoppable God. We've been empowered by an unstoppable God. So I want to stand right now and I want to to worship and to celebrate and to praise that unstoppable God with what he's done with our lives.